Hey guys, welcome to the Active Mission Podcast. It's Rob. I'm so happy to be back after the past month. You probably hear my dog drinking water behind me, so let him let him have his moment. Any second now. Alright, that's enough. Go the other way, please. Thank, thank you, Sam. I'm in our dining room today because I was uh, interviewing my friend. I'm actually recording this after... Hey, lay down. Thank you. See, real life struggles of being a dog dad. It's like having a toddler that never really grows up, but you wouldn't have it any other way because he's the most precious child I could have ever asked for and probably will ever ask for. For the next few years anyway, but that's actually part of our conversation today is uh, talking about that right after my interview. I wanted to give a little spiel about uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately kind of went through a rough six month period with it in the back of my mind slowly creeping up uh an important thing to talk about which is how we connect with each other especially in today's navigating today's dating and relationship scene um for those of you who don't know i am a christian i go to church i have been actively involved for a while these past six months i've sort of taken a step back to do some self-reflection and to really pursue where God wants me right now. And it's been a really confusing, eye-opening, exciting, sad six months, kind of all of the emotions all over the place. And I want to share a little bit of that with you all here today. But uh, first off, just want to say, uh, welcome to the Active Mission Podcast. This is episode 2.3, so season two, episode three. Uh, I'm going to call this one Overloaded because you'll see why. That's all I'm going to say. So let's uh, let's get into it. Some stuff. I, I love that song. I found it on a public domain site. <laughs> I was like, why not? It sounds cool. I made a couple tweaks to it. And cool, pretty hype music. I'm not going to get sued by some random artist in 10 years once this podcast blows up to that point. Uh, that'd be cool if it does. At the same time, I'm kind of cool with this being its own little niche uh, part of the internet that people can find and go to. I, I've gotten support in all different parts of the United States. I even have one guy listening from Germany, so uh, Guten Tag, I guess. Is that how you say hi in German? I don't know, but hey, that's what's up. Uh, I do have a guest today, actually. His name is Zach Hutton. He is a friend of mine from college, and in a weird turn of events, it was, we hadn't talked to each other in about four or five years in person. Uh, he graduated a couple years before I did since he was, he's a couple years older than me. And we sort of crossed paths again on social media. We've commented on each other's stuff quite a bit. And I invited him over for an interview because here's a guy who has really, despite <clears throat> things in his life that have happened and the growth that he's seen, he's someone who really truly came out on top and is continuing to come out on top. And since he and I are both young guys trying to navigate life and survive it, um, I figured what better way than to have a friend of mine who I really fortunately get to reconnect with, talk about his experience and what he's been up to, um, trying to make this as personable and relatable as we can. 
But the reason I decided to call this episode Overloaded was because our discussion today and really just everything around us, there's an overabundance of this stimulus in our lives. And it's really hard to stay focused. So what do we do when we get so distracted that we can't really slow down, we can't really stop? Uh, This ranges from everything from politics to how easy it is for people to believe in things like conspiracy theories or you get the point, right? But I'm really excited to share this conversation with all of you. I think it's going to be incredibly worth it. It's going to be worth all of your time. Just to start off with a disclaimer, though, we don't claim to have any views that are, you know, extreme. We're not talking about condoning violence or promoting conspiracy theories. We do mention things like QAnon, January 6th in here. Not that I'm a big fan of trigger warnings, but we just want to give that disclaimer because we're not endorsing any of that. We're just discussing the impact they had. So take that for what you will. I felt it was important to put in here and... uh, yeah, I guess let's let the let's let the fun begin. Awesome, Zach. Thanks for uh, stopping by today. We were talking earlier. It's been like four or five years since we last met up in person. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think you and I took similar routes out of college because you started welding right away, right? Or that was a little after. It was a couple years after. I think I had like I took one job out of college in like uh, in a shipping uh, business, and um, just kind of thinking. I had that couple year period where I thought of like, what did I want to really do with my life because I had done a TV episode um, acting for ID Discovery and after that I remember saying something about that yeah yeah that was a while ago and then I kind of just learned what what it was actually kind of like being an actor and uh, like no disrespect but like I just it wasn't for me I just didn't make, mix well with any of the people I didn't um, we didn't have a right like mindset for it, mm-hmm. and it just I think you get so caught up. It's like that. You ever see that movie Tropic Thunder? That's one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's one of the ones I watch that I just can't get tired of, no matter what. The the um, Robert Downey Jr. character, how he's so immersed in his roles that he forgets yeah, like yeah. who is he, and he actually like acknowledges that. And I had that moment where like, okay, wait, who am I? So I signed up for welding classes, and then. After welding, I signed up for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then coding camp. So here I am, like, just kind of, like, reading nearly every book I can, trying to gain every skill possible. Um, And I'm just taking life as it goes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, that's all we can do. Because I remember during college, I was doing acting to kind of get my foot in the door because I wanted to focus on the design side so much. And I, I totally relate on the acting side. I auditioned for two national tours for uh, Book of Mormon and for uh, Wicked. Didn't get either one, but I was like, I don't know if this is really for me. Just like you said, that mindset of, you know, being too into it and everybody taking it too seriously. And I recently had a, you know, kind of a falling out with the Phoenix theater community. I I don't want to say falling out. I don't have bad blood with anybody, but it's just the standard of perfectionism for it is totally unneeded, especially in a city that's not known for that. So I get you there, but I started in construction right after college and then slowly moved my way through the design world and now I'm at an architecture firm that I really like. But uh, 
yeah, it's funny how life works that way. So thanks for uh, thanks for sharing a bit of that background too. Um, I also know that having the uh, the experience you've had, just sort of being in the real world pre and post COVID, and seeing kind of how that's shaped our environment too. What is what's one of those big things sticking out to you with like? Just being in our generation and trying to navigate the world in one of those once-in-a-lifetime moments. The best way that I could put it is I have a lot of sympathy for them. Like a lot of, as though I, as much as I don't really show it, empathy for, <laughs> for you know, what the situation we're in is because we kind of a lot of us have fell uh, victim to like poor parenting skills where sure. a lot of people are still in their mid 20s trying to figure out how to regulate their emotions how to mm-hmm. express them like even me right now i want to find a healthy way of expression and not technically bottling on my thoughts which could be super unhealthy you know exactly that's that's the emotional maturity side and uh the outlet side is cool you mentioned earlier you're doing a uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu tell us a bit about that like how's that been for you it is the most humbling experience that <laughs> i can ever i could ever think about i remember when i first uh signed up because it was uh 2019 and i spent 2018 kind of dipping into ufc watching that and just because like sports was so overly politicized at the time. And, oh God, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what started going downhill. Oh yeah, UFC was the only thing where they like said, "Look, we're just here to, to to do that and to you know do what the sports about." And I'm like, you know, elbowing another human being in the face isn't really my thing, but it's like it's <laughs> it, it's, it's a different style. So I remember my first uh, pay per view was UFC 223 where um, they had a vacant lightweight title and Habib Nurmagomedov had fought Ally Quinto for the title and granted out a decision. And then me and some of my buddies were riding this hype train for 229 with Conor McGregor versus Habib Nurmagomedov, which turned out to be like the biggest pay-per-view. So I was was going to say, yeah, that was around that time, I think the biggest known. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, biggest pay-per-view that ever happened. And I was so excited to see Conor McGregor back because I had missed the hype train before and I watched his fights before then. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm full-blown Ireland. And I saw how it just kind of ended and how the bad blood spilled over. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, after that, I looked for a, um, a gym in the Valley and I found one and I started taking like boxing and stuff like that because it was just, I wasn't very good. Um, and I really realized that once I actually stepped up to spar and everything like that and I got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and I was doing both and I got rather good. I don't want to say like professional level good at right, striking because right. I don't want to try and hide myself up to be this big tough guy. But I was like the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is more of a challenge. So I made this transition to um, commit myself to the Gi full time. Mm. And now I do actual competitions in the Valley. I um, earn stripes and everything like that. I'm almost at my blue belt because we have like that huge layoff in COVID and then we had to get back in it. So I'm like one rank away from skipping to the next belt. Um, And then I want to take it from blue all the way to black. And it's just one of those things that I want to do my entire life. Nice. Like you could probably see yourself being an instructor at some point too. Uh, give it like 14 years and maybe, something like that. Yeah. yeah so that's the thing is, um, seems like one of those really time sensitive, you can't really rush the process in that, which I, I respect the hell out of it. I'm going to give it a try one of these days. I just don't, I don't know for me personally, if I'm going to enjoy it as much, but it always seemed interesting. So I really love hearing your take on that because, you know, having that 
outlet and sort of that uh, need for comment. I think a lot of young men kind of, I hear a lot of us talk about just all that energy that we have and not really how to, not really knowing how to communicate what we want, but sort of finding something that you can be confident in and that you have the, uh, I guess the right giftings for, you know, it takes everybody a different time, but if you have something that's uniquely yours, that's one of the best ways to gain confidence. So, I mean, that's, that's freaking awesome that you're able to find that and do that. Yeah. And with that confidence though, it does come a lot of humility because especially like with our generation, thanks to social media, they always talk about instant gratification, like how we want it right now, right now. I like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because it's the opposite right your first sparring match you will not win in fact you are gonna feel helpless but they they have this thing called embrace the suck where yep. if it's really bad you have to learn to love it until you get really really good and then once you get good you start gaining momentum and then you're gonna find walls on the way where you're gonna just find mm-hmm. someone who's that much better than you and then you're going to have like that next milestone to cross up to. That's a really great metaphor for life, honestly, too, with the humility side, embracing the suck. I've heard that from numerous perspectives, say from like church, from coaches, from mentors before that are like the crappier, the less fun parts of life. If you can't learn to love those, you're not going to be able to love, uh, you know, the more exciting fun parts. And even on the instant gratification side. You can want it right now so much to the point where you're missing out what's happening now. And then suddenly, like, your brain is now wired to be overstimulated and overloaded with just all these stimuli that are telling you, oh, you you have to be happy now, you have to be happy now. Instead of, like, embracing what life actually is. So, um, honestly, man, that, that's freaking awesome. I'm happy that you're pursuing that and you're really enjoying that. And you said you're lo- working for your blue belt, right? Uh, yeah, I am. That's, so, how, does the, how do the rankings work in jiu-jitsu? I'm not sure with how... Uh, how the belt system works there but i'm kind of familiar with karate and not not as much um karate is a little bit more um like simpler than that brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably the hardest martial art that's ever kind of been invented next to wrestling sure um with brazilian jiu-jitsu you got your white belt and you're going to spend like a number of times so like total when you when you subtract 2020 2021 the time i've had to take off for school i've been at my white belt for like a total of like two years and then it's okay. going to move to blue belt and the blue belt is the one thing where i'm i know it's going to get harder because i'm going to probably spend like a number of five years on that and then you got your purple belt um which means like once you cross into that purple belt threshold like you are with the with the with the bas of the group wow. and um then you go brown belt which um my buddy uh gabe who i train with is at the end of his purple belt and um wow. my professor showed me his brown belt so we were gonna watch his promotion on monday and he's gonna be oh geez yeah and then brown belt is just that ironing out phase where you're getting all your weaknesses out in the game and then you get your black belt it's like as if there are any more weaknesses at that point right no you'll be surprised just what? really in something as simplistic as like, like it seems like they pretty much kick your ass right away <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> Even when you get that black belt level, right, there's there's black belts who look to other black belts because the black belts are that much better than other black belts. So right, right. And there's just, there's a saying, I remember uh, that it was said by um, Aljamain Sterling after he choked out Corey Sanhagen, and he said there's black belts and then there's black belts. And it's just people who are just naturally gifted at this. Mm. And um, my current professor um, is very new to teaching because he... Um, 
got his black belt in seven years, which is an accomplishment. And I, it's good for him because he's learning how to be a professor and how he could bring more students up and how he could teach it. And um, there's times where he takes lessons from how his students progress. And then he says, not only what are they doing, but what could I do better to um, do that? So I'm like having a professor that is that self-reflective currently, um, it's it's a gift is what it is. And right. I, I can't say anything but nice things about him. That, that's freaking awesome. I've always been really encouraged hearing stories of people who do uh, martial arts, especially uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't think I've heard any negative anything regarding the uh, regarding the sport. So that's that's really awesome. I do want to go back and touch on something you said earlier, though, about the politicizing of sports. Uh, it's part of the reason we're here today, talking about the current state of politics a bit in this country and just kind of how to navigate that as part of the younger generation. Because I... Over the past couple of days, I'll be honest, I've slowly learned to stop caring about what I personally want it to look like instead of just like, holy crap, why do we have a bunch of these adults who only really care about themselves telling us everything that they think we need to know? Mm-hmm. And I know back and forth on social media as I'm still also figuring out some things in like what I believe in my own system. We've commented back and forth a few times in some of our posts regarding politics, and every time it's always been one of the most respectful and genuinely, you know, both active listening uh, sides of it. So politically, I guess, I'm not going to be like, oh, where do you stand? What's your what's your reasoning for that? But I guess what led you to believe what you believe today regarding just the political nature of our, of our current country? Well... My my political journey, if I could go from beginning, I was never really into politics until um, times like 2016 happened and mm-hmm. leading up to 2020, where not only was it, well, was it wrong to not have an opinion on it because I didn't really know anything about it, right? Right. Um, but it was interesting because just being at college and stuff like that and, you know, being in the crowd we were in at the time, you had to pick a certain side yep. or else. And if you had doubts about that, you want to know, okay, what does this other side have to say? Because I want to yeah. I want to hear what both of you guys have to say and I want to listen to both and, you know, compromise is always a good thing. Right. And just a hint for everybody listening too, we did mention acting before, so you can put two and two together on what side he's talking about. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> I like to joke, uh, going to college and seeing how the people around me acted made me a little more conservative as the days went. Oh, yeah. So um, more moderate yeah. conservative, right? It's like you know? conti- right. Not one or the other, but you definitely are open-minded enough to see a full range of perspectives. So I totally get where you're coming from. What we, what we can get, because it's like at the end of the day, though, I, I think I saw like a lot of the ugliness from one side. And then 2020 happened, obviously. Mm-hmm. And 2021, we had just the worst kickoff to 2021. I think you know the event I'm talking about. I absolutely know the event you're talking yes, about. Yes, and I predicted what it was going to lead to, like more surveillance and stuff for mm-hmm. for everybody, regardless of what your views are. Because just a total crackdown on everybody. Everybody, and everyone has to pay for the mistakes of a select few, but no one wanted to listen to that. Right, and even the ones who did go out and condemn it and like say this was a really dumb display of you know, patriotism or whatever you want to call it, which I agree. It was a really stupid thing to do at the end of the day, but the fact that no one has really taken full responsibility for it, even to now, 
And yet these are the same people that want us to have a bachelor's degree and 10 years of experience in order to even think about running for office. It's like, no, let's start taking some responsibility for the things we did. But I've noticed a lot more of that too, politically. I don't know if you've noticed any of that either. Uh, Possibly. They want to say you're not qualified though too, but like the best experience is always life experience. True. You know, it, you do have to read the books and you do have to learn the skills that you're being taught. Um, Mm -hmm. like, like with our college system currently, you have to go through two years of things you don't want to do before you can actually get to do what you want to do full time. When you should, you should be able to like pick two specialties and not have to take these core classes unless you're maybe going into engineering or being a doctor or something, then I could see why you'd want to take all those chemistry classes and all those uh, math classes. Right. Um, like if I could go back, like I took a coding course um, this year because um, I had hurt my lower back and I was kind of like just in a chair for a few months. So I was like, I'm going to make the most out of this time. And I probably learned like almost every language under the book and every coding language. Yeah. yeah. And my, no, so not, every language. Wow. Damn. No, I'm not, I'm not that smart, but, um, I, I would go back and do computer science probably because I feel like that would be such a array of knowledge that I would have underneath my, my belt for like computers, which would be a lot more useful than acting. But, um, I think sometimes when I go back, I like wonder why did I have to go through those four years? And I think it was me learning what I don't want to be as mm-hmm. much of a lesson as it was and as um, much as of I've had a face of myself because if I could look back at those years of my life like switching between um, colleges at the in the meantime I I was not innocent in any slightest things when people threw things at me I threw it back when um, it was just um, one of those things where it takes two to tango and I could be responsible for my half of the of the problem and that's one of those things is you have to learn those lessons. So moving forward, you can learn, okay, how do I handle this in a, in a mature fashion? Yeah, no, that's a good point you bring up because so many, so many of us go to college like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then come to find out, you know, for a good chunk of us, hey, I actually learned that this is the opposite of what I want to do. And that, I think, in a lot of ways is just as valuable of a learning experience. So thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely. That's really important. And... I, Again, like going back to this younger generation that looks at that and we're in the middle of seeing this student loan issue blow up where it's like, oh, is the Biden administration going to forgive student loans or, you know, why is college so expensive anyway? I think a good chunk of that has to do with those gen ed courses that we go into. You know, you're forced to take two years. That's double your full four year amount of tuition. Um that depending on what field you go into, you're probably not going to end up meeting. So what sort of shaped for you, I guess, your your own viewpoints from being in college and then beyond? After I got out of college, I... Because um, you, you did your full uh, four years, right? Yeah, I did. I finished up my four years, got my graduation and, and moved on with my life. And I, you know, worked under a... Um, under a uh, conservative who owned a mailing uh, business. Um, I don't want to name the business or the guy just for, for his own security reasons. It's like for legal reasons, this is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I also don't, you know, give names out there just on public podcasts or anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's not what we're about. Yeah. But um, he was, uh, he was conservative. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but he was conservative to the point where you could tell everything he was getting was off of Fox news. 
where um, I kind of one of those. Yes. And it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but I think you're a little um, misguided on here, here, here. And um, I think I guess just learned that no matter what side of the political spectrum you are on, chances are you're not perfect because you're a human being. And I think that's the biggest problem with politics is because someone says, hey, if I vote blue or I vote red, I must be better than everybody else. And I I don't know where people get the audacity to do that. it's it's some moral standpoint i've seen so many conservatives say because i'm standing up for traditional values and you know the unborn and all these other you know hot button categories i'm better than you and because i have a strong foundation in my faith you know i can say this as a christian myself i've never talked to a christian conservative who was like that personally in my life but i know they're out there who have this moral high ground whereas i notice especially on the left quite a bit there seems to be this savior complex of like i'm here to save you from yourself mm-hmm. And I think both tend to lead towards a dangerous amount of narcissism. Kind of, kind of what we saw happen in midterms. Now we saw this. Oh, hey, a red wave is coming. And I joked like, yeah, you know, maybe the real red wave was the friends we made along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I at, at this point, like, this is what happens when you let when you let an election that you believe was stolen become your entire personality like i'm not gonna share whether or not look if if things happen i was gonna say it happened it's time to move on stop making that your whole personality but like at this point i feel like if it was stolen somebody would have said more by now than just like oh it's been stolen okay prove it or republicans are just these evil tyrants who want to take away your rights it's like okay we'll prove it you know can you tell me who specifically is doing that because last i checked all that's illegal yeah so i it's so polarizing and sometimes i feel like especially with gen z we're just past the point of reasonable discussion yeah Uh, and the thing about like are these things stolen now right that tends to be a hot button topic every for the past two years two two 2020 and 2022 we're hearing the exact same thing right Uh me personally I can't prove anything. I wasn't there, but when I, I remember up until 2018, I was able to go to sleep and they have the ele- the election results by that night, right? Yeah, actually, that's, it, <laughs> that's nuts. And now 2020, we had like a week long pause and yep. it was like, we could count millions and millions of votes the first day, but these next six days, we got like 5,000 left to count. So if you'll just hold right. on with it. And I'm like, wait, what? And then, this time it's like especially we're here in maricopa county which yeah, we're is the, still yeah, going on the world's watching us right now and, mm-hmm. uh, i'm embarrassed you know i'm gonna be honest i'm embarrassed I am too and it's it's not even about who wins at this point but exactly. it's just the integrity behind voting is now in question and that's the whole bedrock of um our democracy and our constitutional republic because we are a constitutional republic right on paper that's how we were created yeah but every county elects its own representative though yep. and that's where this so that's the democracy forming like molding its way into the republic mm-hmm. and i understand where a lot of people come through where they need to separate it by counties because you don't want cities live dictating the laws of the vacant farmland and everything like that and i understand mm-hmm. that but it's like we have to find a way to have both democracy 
and be able to separate city life from rural life because I've experienced. Well, they both rely on each other. Yeah, very heavily. And that is one point I will give the right over the left on that is this. Why do, you know, the cities make up the majority of the population shouldn't get the say of what everybody else in the state does. And I absolutely agree with that. You know, whether or not you believe the Electoral College needs to be abolished or not, you cannot negate how important it is to have the farmland we have, the ranch land we have, and the fact that we can't allow, you know, one or two ultra-rich billionaires to own all of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, whether or not you agree with that, it's just... It's hard to have a lot of hope now, hoping that people can actually get on the terms and say, hey, we really do genuinely, at the end of the day, have to work together. We all live here at the same time. My biggest thing is we might be primed for an actual civil war at some point in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that, too. Like With Trump recently coming out and attacking DeSantis and uh, Youngkin and other politicians, he's positioned himself extremely well so that if anything happens to him... It's all going down. On him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just on him, but like on his entire party and on half the country. Mm-hmm. And hate Trump or not, I got to give credit. That that was an incredibly smart thing to put himself at the top of, even though I can't really consider Trump to be smart. It's weird. I think he's smart, but not in a good way. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to say with it. Because what people... What people don't understand is because I'm not a Trump person. Oh God, no, neither I can. I, yeah. I can. The only thing is, I could see why people would want to vote for him over a, will be a career politician, and that's because mm-hmm. with the whole rolling back on student loans right after midterms, right? <laughs> it's just like how's that for a wake up call? Yeah, Jeez. you're like, okay, well, you kind of saw this coming, right? Yeah. It's just like you know, because you might have gotten rid of Trump. Right, but hey, thanks for your vote. But thanks for all these other career politicians who have obviously gotten to where they are at by lying to people for Mm -hmm. a living, who haven't created. And that's the one thing is, and you said you were a Christian. Yeah, that's the basis of my faith, yep. I got re-baptized in 2021 after I, because I was always that kind of like edgy, like agnostic type. Like, I don't know what I... I think we've had a couple of those conversations before. Mm-hmm. And um, my jujitsu coach actually um, uh, cleared up a couple misconceptions that I had about such a thing, right? Right. And um, it ended up me getting rebaptized in 2021. And God, that's awesome, dude. And God commands His followers to be a creative force, not a destructive force, right? Right. We're given giftings for a reason, and we're meant to spread the word to everyone. Yeah, that whether you believe it or not being a creative force could bring about a whole lot more than it mm-hmm. can, uh, than, um, being a destructive force. And we've seen more destruction than actual creation happen. And right. Then unfortunately our media likes to sensationalize that and make it, you know, monetize while it's easier to sell a bad story than it is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that I think does have to do with the polarization of that and a lot of it too and something that I'm really passionate about with this podcast and just moving forward is creating that space for uh, young people I've had a lot of interest from young men not so much young women even though I never really specified who could do this or not but creating that space to have those creative outlets and that could look different for everybody you could be an artist you could be a musician but jujitsu is a good one for me it was powerlifting for a long time did that for a while and I used whatever creative force I could to make that 
an outlet for times when I would feel stressed or exhausted. And of course, obviously returning to my faith and knowing that I have a community of, you know, like-minded people and other believers in my life that, you know, share those same values we can do life together with. Um, I actually didn't know that you got rebaptized back in 2021. That's, that's freaking awesome. Like, I don't think I ever followed up with you about that. I try not to make my religion my whole forefront because sure. it, it's how you turn people off from it. And then um, I made that mistake a couple times when I did is like, mm-hmm. was so adamant that I just understood that my goal Came on a little strong. Yeah. <laughs> my goal is to, you know, see if someone wants to hear it. And if mm-hmm. they don't, I have to respect their free will on whether or not they they want to hear me out or not, you know? So yeah, absolutely. That's, that's challenging for a lot of us. I remember when I first became a Christian about seven years ago, it was really hard for me to, to not do that too. But as I grow and mature, I kind of realized like, Hey, love people where they're at. There's no place for judgment or condemnation from us. Cause we're not the ones to tell people, Oh, you're going to hell for this reason. Like we shouldn't be telling anybody that for any reason. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you, you say that really well. And that, that's kind of the key, at least from a perspective of faith. And if you're listening and not really on the faith side, that's okay. This isn't really a faith based uh, podcast. This uh, just happens to be a part of it. Like, you know, Zach, you were saying, not making it your entire front, not that there's anything wrong with sharing how passionate you are about it, but it's encouraging to hear that because it means that growth is still possible and you're still finding that route for your life. So I'm proud of you, man, for talking about that and for sharing that. That's a really, uh, that's a really hard thing to talk about, especially when it seems so, I guess, unpopular to talk about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unpopular to, to, I think like the popular thing is to watch Rick and Morty and say, we're all a bunch of, you know, <laughs> clumped up cells and God, nothing that was, more. It was like back in college, we would oh. sneak in the design studio before our Friday studio course. And, We'd watch Rick and Morty all night, get a pizza, and just sleep, sleep like on the floor before studio. And I can't watch Rick and Morty again after that because I just my brain got fried watching it. Oh yeah, it's um, but I do want to go back to what you said about you know Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. And how what a lot of people miss is that he was always friends with these career politicians his entire life. Oh yeah, right? I think he's still friends with the Clintons too. It's just not really talked about. Well, they, the one thing I, I asked myself, because I can't really prove anything, right? I, yeah. I I don't know what goes on in the background or anything, but the question I asked myself is, is um, did he, he switched parties at the right time, got into office mm-hmm. at the right time and was able to take, because the thing about conservatism is they're supposed to be the constitution, right? Right. Supposed to be we the people not we the people under Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's become now is it's not we the people, it's we the people under Trump. When uh, throughout those four years, he voted with the quote unquote swamp nearly every time. Oh yeah, he didn't drain the swamp. He just kind of exposed it. And made it stronger, yeah. you know? And you have um, <clears throat> like things like QAnon or something like that. Oh my God. And, was that was that one 4chan or reddit i either way i'm not on either of those but it's whatever toxic cesspool it came from <laughs> i i have a actual story about about that though okay. where i was uh you know QAnon uh was actually something that happened in 2020 and i was very skeptical over what this whole thing was because you'd hear about it QAnon. Uh, trust the plan where we go one we go all is their like catchphrase because i did like some like 
some like actual like independent style journalism on that whole thing because the thing is, is I, I typically I grew up in a house with a um, older brother who was a massive conspiracy theorist. So I've oh uh, I've was heard, he like much older than you? Uh, three years. Oh, um, and so pretty close, but not yeah, but. He always like said, uh, like he would always say, like do the research yourself, stop being paranoid. Like, well, wait, you brought it up. I want to hear this <laughs> out. And he's like, no, I can't explain it now. I'm busy. I'm like, what? Doing what? Like, <laughs> like so. That, that's hilarious, actually. Yeah. So I would do some research every now and again. So when I like look up ones like um, JFK assassination or mm-hmm. the moon landing, and I'd just be like, wait, that's all true. And I'd go through the facts that they're bringing about and see if I could verify it, right? And yeah. see where I could find it. And it was almost like I wasn't just drinking the Kool-Aid, but I was like reading the ingredients before I took a sip, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how creative they get. I mean, I'm of the belief that JFK, you know, no one shot him. I think his head just did that. Really? No, mm. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Like, don't, don't listen to that. <laughs> Is that MK Ultra? Is that a- I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but I heard that once and I just, I could not stop laughing. I thought it was one of the most clever and creative conspiracy theories i've ever heard in my life well it's interesting when you like look at the bullet right and you see how it's still intact or something when a bullet that got fired shouldn't look like that that's one of those things where you you suspect foul play but i'm not gonna put a put a point on it and say this is exactly what i was what i was meant for right Right. um kind of mind-blowing if you think about it yeah um It's, yeah, but I went on this QAnon thing and they talked about like, there are these like Reddit posts or something mm-hmm. like that, where it was like, had dates on it and they were like so vaguely messaged. And I was just like, so why is everyone buying into this person named Q that they don't know? And then you go on, I don't know if you've ever been on BitChute before, right? I don't think I've ever heard of that, no. It's like an alternative YouTube, like, alternative because youtube kicks people off for saying things that they shouldn't be saying right yeah youtube's really been cracking down pretty good at that yeah so if you go on BitChute, um if you go on there make sure you take what you see with a grain of salt because oh absolutely yeah there are some wacky videos on there where i'm like wait what and then (laughs) uh no i'm scared i gotta check that out oh yeah no it's gonna make you question reality a little bit oh no don't do (laughs) consume with with a grain of salt right but there's right, right. there's all actually some people on there who are very reasonable who just have talk shows that they want to keep separate from like mainstream or something like that sure. that i still do and those are the ones that i like recommend um but when you go on these conspiracy videos like the moon's gonna crash into the earth in 3.5 days i'd like to stay away <laughs> from that but they were like got like spokesperson for this q movement um, that was happening. And it was interesting to me, um, cause I don't know if you ever heard what the term psyop means, right? Uh, probably, but I'm not sure what it means. It's a psychological operation. It's okay. where like, there's this thing called for- mass formation psychosis that a lot of conspiracy theorists like to talk about how if you bring something to the public and it sounds totally Machiavellian where you yeah. bring something to the public, you can twist their opinions by feeding Okay, right, right. because wasn't uh, there a doctor like in charge of uh, vaccines for COVID or something? I think think he got credit for creating mRNA vaccines, and he brought that up, and he got canceled for that. Yeah, it was uh, that Dr. Robert Malone guy. Yeah, he was Malone, yep. He was on Joe Rogan. I listened to that episode because I wanted to – I wasn't going to take what he said, you know, with any grain of salt or 100% serious, but I was like, look, I want to know what you have to say before I make a judgment on whether or not I could think you're – being full of malarkey or not 
right? Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting thing. Like this, this uh, mass formation psychosis wasn't just with like vaccines or something like that, right? But it was with like, how can you make people look at conspiracy theorists who have reasonable questions like crazy? Because now after the whole Q movement where people were trusting a plan that all corruption was going to be gotten rid of, mm-hmm. right? It... um it was a complete letdown. It was a complete disaster. And the thing is, is now you could go on those people's channels and they are still lying to this day in 2022 Mm -hmm. saying the plan's still active. And I just don't know how people fall for this right now. I, you know, I guess whatever gets them views or feeds their egos, I guess. Uh, That's it's insane because they're exploiting people's good intentions. Well, it's just, it's gotten so easy. To do it, I, I'd go so far as to say that our generation, like going back to that with Gen Z and millennials, I think we're the most overeducated, and I don't say that in a bad way, but we just we have so many resources available to us at an instant that it's borderline overwhelming. So I can see how it's easy for people like that to take advantage of us and say, "Oh yeah, what I'm saying is true. Everybody else is a liar," and like seeing just how outrageous this is and how something so outrageous can be believed so many times and times again that we end up getting gaslit into thinking, oh, this is true, actually, right? But it's, it's you know, like, malarkey to, yeah, like, you it's know... it's so outlandish. It's like, there's no way this, this could be real. Yeah, and that's what they say, is they, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not, like, listening to these people, but, like, when you see that, that they're still actively doing that to these people, mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are evil. Yes. Because this. this is, this is marketing on a whole nother scale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I was scary part is that it works. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I've had friends who are who have drank and Kool-Aid on certain conspiracy theories where there's no waking them up. And it's just kind of like one of those things where you see people you currently know mm-hmm. lose their minds. And it's like this is what they were talking about when they said that, though, whether you believe Robert Malone or not or whoever came up with that term. Um, but um it's it's just interesting to me how it's gone so far down the rabbit hole and i think trump has been this this like friend of the of the quote unquote deep state or whatever you want to call it right <laughs> and it's he's leading people who originally had traditional values who are just blindly following what he wants them to follow mm-hmm. so now you get two sides that are super radicalized and super on their camps ready to ready to clash yeah and it's a it's just a dangerous thing where i wonder how many players were in on this well right i mean i i just the whole idea of that scares me because it it does work obviously we've seen real world ramifications of that but the fact that there doesn't really seem to be much effort even on the people who say this needs to be stopped to stop it Mm mm-hmm that's because it's like is it supposed to be here for a reason you know i mean maybe i just you know probably one of those symptoms we live in a fallen world and there's no uh there's no stopping people who just want to cause harm yeah i mean there is well there is but like on a mass scale of like can you stop everyone all the time probably not probably not but i think it's like um what what was said by our founding fathers right all it takes for evil to persist is for good people to sit by and do I nothing, do nothing yeah. you know? Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that the founding fathers are not 
beyond criticism, right? Right. You know, but they were right when they said that. And I think we've, like, whether you're left or right, we've been formed into this thing where if you vote, this person's going to take care of all your problems. We've sort of idolized and made God figures out of our politicians in a way. Yeah. And that's not a healthy thing because no, it's not between 2021 and today, I didn't even realize the midterms were happening until a day before because I was so busy um, doing my own thing, bringing myself to try and get some skills, like going out there and just living my life, yep. and not waiting for Joe Biden or Donald Trump or even Bernie Sanders to solve all of my problems for me, you know? And I, I was so dead set on making do with the tools we have because we don't have a perfect system, but mm -hmm. in America, we still have so much at our disposal. Even with just Amazon, you can order um, gardening tools and you could build an indoor garden without, you know, any effort pretty much because they just deliver it straight to your door. But people tend to be missing that because they're waiting for um, a red wave or a blue tide or a red drip or anything like that. Yeah. It's... And that goes back to the whole, are we actually as citizens participating the way that we're supposed to, you know, we, we can all say, oh, we, we grew up learning that this is the way we do it. This is how I was educated on how to do it. But part of me also wonders is, <clears throat> do enough Americans do their research, not only on who these people are, but just what the issue actually fully is. Good example is there was a referendum that was just passed in Montana. Hmm regarding uh, providing medical care for, um, you know, they, they use the term unborn, uh, unborn babies as like the result of a botched abortion. Should they be provided medical care? And an overwhelming majority of people voted no. And I remember like looking at Twitter, you know, I downloaded Twitter again, just to see what Musk would do with it. And it did not disappoint. If you look at it from a, He's just saying F you to everything perspective. I think it's kind of funny, but at the at the same time, he's probably gonna have a ton of lawsuits he has to deal with from yeah. the past week. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but I, I looked at so many people, especially on the right, they're like, oh, this is sick, this is evil. And then I saw a few people on the left say, yeah, this is really evil, what's going on? I was taken aback by it. It kind of ruined the way I was feeling that night. And I said, no, nah, there's no way that's the whole story. So when I say people seem so overeducated, but they're not actually looking at the details and looking at why something was written, upon reading the law, they said, if we make this a law, it will say that if a doctor does not provide that care or make a reasonable effort to, they could be fined up to $50,000 and spend 20 years in prison. Mm. That's a big freaking deal. But you think about it, it's like, well, Montana already has that law in place, just not specifically for this reason. So what it is, is just adding another restriction. So the where our lawmakers, for example, and why I'm not, I say our lawmakers is, you know, United States citizens. I don't live in Montana, but the way it was written was very misleading. And in a way, I think it was intentionally misleading. So I looked at that and I look at what else people are voting on, especially at the local level. And I think, wow, how many people are actually reading what they're voting for? I think that kind of gives way to some of that, you know, it's possible for people to believe conspiracy theories because, oh, hey, this happened, but I'm not getting the full picture. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my biggest worry when it comes to this next generation is like, guys, just but do your research. Who do we blame, though, the public, right, or the media for that one? Because Exactly. I, yeah. I like to hold the media accountable because the media is making millions of dollars. Well, every... this story probably wouldn't have gotten out without the media's help in some way. Yeah. 
I mean, there's people out there who are dead set on doing the right thing, mm -hmm. but for the most part, a lot of them just kind of have agendas, it appears, right? And Yeah, whatever gets them the most clicks, the most likes, the most money. Mm -hmm. Not about actually keeping people informed on what's reality. And the conspiracy theories have been a byproduct of such things. Absolutely. To the point where this is where like it kind of comes into play of the mass psychosis is people don't know what's real anymore. And that's what's scary. And I think that's why you see fear everywhere we go now. Uh, it's, and it's like a subtle thing, like not a, not a massive thing, but it's almost like everyone I've spoken to over the past year when I'm not doing my own thing tends to be a little on edge or uncertain about the future and everything like that. And it's, it's hard to watch because I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost like, like you're in like an actual like slow burn like psychological thriller almost and you're just like that that guy who's like seeing the thing like the big picture of what's going yeah. on yeah and you can't do anything to stop anybody from falling into it yeah, yeah. it's and it's as much of like <clears throat> i would like to be able to help people and just i can't provide the truth but what I can provide is I know what you're going through right now mm -hmm. and just know that I'm here. I'm sure they're here. You know, I think once you look around, you see a lot more people who would probably agree with what we have to say and say, maybe we need to put aside our religious, racial, um, political differences and actually have kind of like a zone where we can, you know, share ideas and come up with, with mm -hmm. something new because this two party thing is just not working for people anymore yeah and i i would agree i i've read some statistics i'm, I'm probably going to provide some of those sources in accordance with this episode so if y'all go to the description for the episode i'll include as much as i can on this but i think there's like a good 70 percent of americans don't think the current two-party system setup truly fully represents them some crazy high number like that even for rural and city folk that's scary to think about especially with how 50 50 a lot of these results ended up being this past week mm -hmm. uh and by 50 50 not exactly but perfectly split down the middle is probably the scariest possible solution when it comes to hey we are a nation truly divided yeah but Going back to the uh, faith comment that you made with having the, you know, put aside your faith, put aside your differences. I don't know if it's so much putting it aside as rather, because at the end of the day, if you have to put aside your faith for a certain issue, you're sort of saying that like this issue is more important than my faith mm -hmm. right now. I think there's a way to go at it with like, hey, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for, this is why, you know. But if the entire foundation of my faith is based around this belief, how strong was my faith to begin with? Mm -hmm. you know, if my faith isn't rooted in, you know, who God is and what he did in my life, then what then what am I complaining about this certain issue for? Uh, granted, I think the way it's worded, uh, I, who was it? I think it was uh, Vice President uh, Harris who said that this week with like, uh, you don't have to set aside your faith to believe in this issue. Mm -hmm. I think she was referencing abortion or bodily autonomy or something. Mm. And part of me was like, I agree. But the other part of me is your faith shouldn't be rested solely on a, you know, a certain issue. Mm. If that makes sense. But I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. I'm glad we get to have this conversation too. Um, I think that's a comment though, yeah. that, you know, it's like, cause I'm not a fan of, of, of vice president Harris, you know, neither I'm am I, not, you know, there's a reason but, she was the first Democrat out of the primaries in 2020, but, mm -hmm. but 
just because it comes out of the wrong speaker doesn't mean the message isn't is yeah, right. Broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, broken clock is right twice a day. Um, so it's like I could look at anyone who was in like a position of that though. I just I I I gotta say I think what no matter who the party is they've failed our mm-hmm. next generation because yeah they're have, not listening to us. We have hired them to work for us, but now it's become the other way around where we work mm-hmm. for them. And it's almost like and it's they, all about them. Yeah, all about them. It's um, you 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 remember the French Revolution, right? Like, I'm not trying to. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm not trying to be extreme. It just it's like just, disclaimer, FBI, don't listen. To this part. disclaimer, this yeah. is not to incite violence, right? This is not to absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But <laughs> you start to see how normal politicians become the royals, mm-hmm. right? And. Um, and now that that's happened, that they're just royals now. They're not really people who work for our best interests. Yeah, and like insanely flawed human beings, like the rest of us. And not just with with like things like the French Revolution, but the fall of Rome and stuff is the yep. same time it's happened. Where it, it there's an interesting Bible verse that I like to go by for every civilization that's ever like it's the gold headed statue where it's where it's a I know sh- what shoulders are are silver belly's bronze mm-hmm. and in the feet are made of clay pretty much right mm-hmm. but if the clay feet just say we've had enough and they break apart the whole statue is going to come down because these working class individuals do the work that keep the wealthy in a comfortable position yes so either way whether it's like angry mobs or if it's just people saying i'm checking out at work and then nothing gets done and then our our quality of life um just slowly goes down because no one wants to do anything anymore and we don't have any skills because another big thing is like i think technology has distracted us to a point where people spend so much time on tiktok now they don't have an attention span to learn something right a lot of people you know get their news from tiktok which is its own its own issue but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah keep going you're you're just preaching right here this is great yeah thank you very much um (laughs) but yeah no I, i just you know, just another disclaimer, I'm not trying to incite any extremism or anything like that, but this is just where I see it going, that we are seeing this whole politicians to royals flip. And this is where we saw because of like what happened to um, Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband, right? Was yeah, Paul. Yep. Yeah. Someone got an idea in their head, but at the same time stuff like that happens because the people feel like they're trapped between a rock and a hard place and what should be their Yeah, like this is my quo. only solution. Yeah. Yeah. Like our status quo and especially with like lockdowns and everything like that, people have lost their livelihoods while they were still going on and partying and we're just like, wait, what? we're not in this together, right? Right. That's why you see things like just um, not just with um, politicians, but actors, right? The um, Oscars, yep. their, view, their viewership has dipped. Mm-hmm. exponentially because I I didn't even know Black Panther 2 was coming out this week. I didn't either. I thought it was a Christmas movie. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't pay attention to Hollywood anymore. I hold no ill will against Hollywood yeah. or anything like that, but it's just like you guys are all kind of in your own little bubble and you thought people cared about what you thought more than you did and now that ticket sales are down you're not making yeah, as welcome good to, uh, Welcome to reality. Yeah, I think that's but that's the thing is the real consequences are non-violent and it's just kind of like have you ever seen that movie merlin with uh sam sam harris i think not no not sam harris that's a that's that atheist speaker i'm talking about uh 
Um, who's the guy that was in Jurassic Park? Sam Neill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sam Neill. Yep. Yeah. Um, he played Merlin and they had this evil witch that he was battling and the way they defeated it wasn't by fighting her because she feed, she fed off of people's attention. They just walked away and like, let it go. Yeah. And she faded from existence because people just didn't acknowledge that she was there anymore. And that's, what's actually happening with these upper class versus these working. That's a good analogy. I had to think about that for a minute. You're right. That's, that's a good, really good way to put it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back to the Hollywood thing too, you know, who said the uh, entertainers who, and as much as I hate the whole mentality of like, Oh, get up there and entertain dance for me. Kind of thing. It's like, well, they're taxpaying citizens too. They should have an opinion. But like, since when did we decide Hollywood was this standard of the bare minimum? In a way, I, I think about it as mm -hmm. people see it as a bare minimum because like, oh, hey, this celebrity has this certain moral superiority around the topic or this celebrity said this about Trump, they must be correct or whatever that looks like. It's like, since when is that becoming the standard for which we have to talk to each other? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's the same thing. You know, we're saying this for views. We're saying this for attention. We're saying this because it's going to stir the pot mm -hmm. instead of, hey, we're saying this because it's what we genuinely believe. I don't know. There were so many celebrities in Hollywood that were very pro-Trump until he decided to run for president. And that's when it all just tanked. Like, go back and watch the Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump. They loved him. Oh, yes. Even Seth MacFarlane himself, and I love Seth MacFarlane, was like... I believe we'll be the next president. The whole room cheered. And then he becomes president. And it's like, right well, right here now. we are. Play the Seinfeld exit music. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't think people have that much of an attention span left anymore, though. I, I really yeah. don't. Like, not to sound like I'm putting people down or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when there's, like, something, you know, really hard that needs to be said, sometimes you got to say it because then you're going to know you, you bring it back. Like, it's kind of like when I was a white belt and I didn't know what side control was. And then I learned the hard way and there was no words that could, I could make excuses about as to why it was just that I needed to work on this thing. Yeah. And eventually no one could keep me in side control anymore because I was recovering guard and, um, and people just, and I think people don't want to hear what they're doing wrong because they want that instant gratification of no, we're perfect. Right. We are very imperfect. Yeah, my, my ego is more important than reality. Yeah. And the science behind things like TikTok, where you have 60 seconds, uh, three minutes of of just um, like absolute nonsense. They're going to be paying attention to that again and again and again, getting those dopamine hits. So then when they want to think back 10 years ago, when the rap industry was making songs praising Donald Trump, saying we want fat stacks like him and everything like that. They don't remember those days. No. No. They're in the now and, yeah. you know. And that's why I think this generation is currently on overload. And I think that's part of the reason why we're at where we're at. Mm -hmm. And to that point, too, I think our parents, and you, you brought this up earlier. It was a really good point. Parents don't know how to parent. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm grateful my parents didn't do anything to shelter me. I, I don't know if you knew this, but my dad was sick with Alzheimer's for 10 years. And he actually passed away back in July. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I you know, it is what it is, and I appreciate it. He uh, he was sick for a while. We knew this day was coming. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he's not suffering anymore. You know, the amount of care he had to go through, and he didn't know who I was for the last three, four years of his illness. Mm -hmm. But, you know, all that, we had his funeral back in September. And before I left for college, he was really adamant about me knowing what I was talking about. Um, 
he bought me a vocabulary card set that I, he's like, I want you to take this with you. I will give you a hundred dollars if you memorize all these words. That, that never happened, obviously, but like, I still have that vocabulary card box. And I think about that and how much my dad not only truly cared about my education, but cared about the fact that I could back up whatever I wanted to say because I was smarter than that. And my mom too, she was very, I, she wasn't hard on my sister and I at all, but she was very, I raised you two better. You're going to have respect for everyone around you, regardless of if you believe what they believe. And you're going to learn how to be an adult, either the easy way or the hard way, and you get to pick. And a lot of parents just want to coddle their children, like, no, you're perfect, you're, you know, you're amazing, and, you know, oh, yeah, I'll do your homework for you, or, oh, the teachers are at fault because they're not passing you, not you ditching class because you're perfect, you're my little angel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my friends, I have some friends who are teachers, and they deal with parents like that all the time. I'm like, I get fired day one. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'll yell at those parents for you. Oh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, but it's tragic, and these kids are just on overload because they don't know what else to do with it besides, oh, here's TikTok, here's Instagram, here's the here's Snapchat. Here's your, you know, instant, you know, praise from everybody. Yeah. And it's almost like overload. I don't know if you know, um, you know, not to bring up another hot button topic, but I don't know if you know about uh, Ted Kaczynski, right? Yes. Yeah, he had this manifesto that, like, you go back and you read it and just... The weird part is, is I don't agree with his methods on how he went about things, mm -hmm. but how can someone lose their mind like that is if they see things coming and, you know, no one wanted to listen, you know? Yeah, that's, that's pretty scary stuff. And like, and this isn't to romanticize or to like say, no, absolutely uh, not. He was a hundred percent in the wrong doing what he did. Right. And I just want, I want to make that disclaimer because sometimes, you know, especially on the topic of serial killers and people who have done things, they're saying, don't romanticize them. Don't do this. And like out of respect for the victims and their families. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you, you make a really excellent point in that it's so easy to ignore that because it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, he brought up this thing called over-socialization where it's almost the same thing as instant gratification where people are so wanting to be around their friends because they reinforce them positively yeah. or something like that, that they're afraid of being outside of that. Yeah, this temporal sense of achievement is more important than a long-term sense of I'm growing and learning. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to do that until the day I die. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're going to continue to grow and change until the day we die. So not only is there no point in being perfect at everything now, but you're missing out on those opportunities to learn and grow because you're so caught up in that instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I could say to those kids who have fallen victim to this poor parenting, because that's the one thing that, um, like, my parents were always working, right? Mm -hmm. But my father was always working because he ran his own his own business right yeah so i have a perfect um example of how to be successful the do's and don'ts and how you should apply yourself right but um usually he was watching sports on the weekends so i didn't get too much wisdom from him but i know he was doing the best he could as a father and i can not thank him enough for doing what he has done for for us um, my mom was busy dealing with my, um, my older brother cause he was getting into a lot of trouble. Um, the, uh, local police department knew my last name oh, because of him. He got into a lot of trouble. So the, my parents were usually busy and I think I was like that one that, um, kind of like sat there wondering, okay, well, what do I do now with all this? Right. Um, 
So kind of like trying to figure it out on my own kind of thing, like the, um, just the way on how to navigate what to do and what not to do and why not to do it has been a, um, has been a, uh, kind of a theme going on in my life. And I don't view it as a curse anymore, but I view it as a blessing because I'm not looking to someone else for comfort, right? When mm-hmm. something goes goes wrong, I I got to center myself and say, okay, how can I get myself, you know, you know, help from this or who do I who do I know that can assist me in an area of expertise that I don't have expertise in, right? Yeah, and that's that's awesome. That whole idea of being able to reach out and seek mentorship, seek guidance. If you're listening to this and don't have a mentor, go find one. They're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't offer mentoring services. I'm not there yet, but I can guarantee you there is somebody in your life who will take you under and show you how the world works. And if you're if you're at that point where you just, you know, you grew up sheltered, you have no idea the real world's unkind to you. It's not too late for you to, you know, realize that like, okay, I'm an adult now. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And how do I move forward from there? But um, I don't know how much time you have left. We've got an hour at this point, but I do want to, um, I do want to wrap up with you here for a bit. And thanks again for uh, coming out today. This was a, uh, Pretty unexpected. I, I didn't think I'd get a guest anytime soon, but you brought up like, oh, I'd love to share this on a podcast. So I'm really glad we got to talk today. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do have a question for you, fitting into the theme total of what my podcast is about with just survival and living a uh, a really purposeful mission and being active in that. What does that mean to be active in your pursuit of a better life? How I would feel going about actively um, just to kind of pursue life uh, could be summed up in a story from welding school. And this is something none of my um, college professors ever took time to talk to me about. But um, there was a um, very quick tempered um, instructor at the school I was attending. Um, So... And I actually had a moment of wisdom come from this guy, which I just did not expect, right? We were trying to do a TIG uphill landing. And I said, so wait, how do we do this? Because I was afraid of really talking to him because he was very quick to snap out and everything like that. Um, But he said something that really stuck with me is where most people would kind of, you know, most people probably would give up on trying to learn from this guy, right? I was interested in how he went about it. And he said that, you know, just like this or anything in life, there's a way I do it. And you can go ahead and mimic it because it is a blueprint on how to get the job done. But if you choose to do it your own way or you find a better, more efficient way of doing it that you can create, you know, go ahead and, and, and do it and moving forward. You know, like I said, you know, I can't stress this enough with some of the topics I have brought up. Um, I, I do not want anyone to do anything extreme or radical because we are going into scary times. And that's the one thing that I fear is people doing violent things and, and romanticizing things like, especially when Netflix is releasing things like Dahmer and the amount yep. of people who are going about like thinking he had the right idea. That is never the right idea. Um, and that's, that actually just kind of makes me nervous because 
you read some of those comments online and you're just like, this must be what people are actually thinking. And there comes a time where you ask yourself, are people like that really trolling? And especially for those people who feel like you are lost in this world and, you know, have to do something extreme to survive, right? You really don't. But sometimes in order to find your own style, you have to be comfortable with failure. And I'm not saying take a grade A top of the chain position and then let the whole company fall under, but find a comfortable place to start at square one, be all right with failing, and then learn from every failure you get. And from every failure, you have to learn what not to do. Yeah. And that's the only true way to real success. Mm -hmm. Every successful person that we have most likely seen in life has failed thousands of times, but all you need is one success, you know, and then from there on out, it doesn't a hundred percent get easier, but it's, it certainly gets better. And then you learn what non-instant gratification can do for you. And if I could take all those years of, uh, you know, attention seeking, uh, taking heart and gossip, part of me would want to get rid of those times because I could look at all of my, you know, drunken college antics and say, wow, I'm disgusted by that. But looking back now, it was a necessary part of my life because now moving forward, I have taken time to iron those parts of me out. And with those ironing outs, um, it's actually come not 100% happiness, but a lot more peace than I have had when I was 22. That's really powerful stuff, man. And thanks for the uh, disclaimer about the violence, too. Um, it's never the answer. I was going to say, there's no way to take from anything in this podcast and distort what we're saying if you actually listen to the full thing. So <laughs> good luck. But also at the same time, that's that's a really powerful thing to realize, especially and how old are you again? I think you're not 27. Oh, you're a couple years older than me. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, dude, honestly, more younger people, especially college age people, I think we really need to hear a lot of this because the world is pretty scary outside of the house you grew up in, outside of where you're from, even if it's from down the street. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're on your own, but you're never truly on your own. Oh yeah. I, you got to find your way through that. And that's, that's just a really important message overall. And yeah, I think that really just fits the theme of what the goal is with this podcast and with just life in general. And honestly, like th- this was a great conversation, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming by and having this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Every, every person that listens to this, um, I hope they, you know, took through. And, um, if anyone who knew either me or Robert in, uh, the past, especially me, cause I know I wasn't the brightest breeze to, uh, deal with. I, I own my, my part in it. And, um, I hold no ill will towards anyone I've had beef with in the past because exactly. holding grudges against people doesn't help you it doesn't help the people around it's not hurting your enemies it only hurts yourself and as hallmark as that that one the hard way (laughs) yeah as hallmark as that sounds it's the truth it's easy to get caught up in you know this could be anything from a bad friendship an ex anything it's just it's so easy to get wrapped up in that but 
the forgiveness part actually benefits you more than it benefits them. Mm-hmm. So do yourself a favor, move on. And learn to forgive. Yeah. No, that, that's really good, man. Hey, thanks for coming by today. And uh, we'll have to have you on again at some point if there's anything new we learn or you just give us a follow-up on a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I do plan on trying it at least once in my life, seeing if I like it. Uh, pretty big in the lifting right now, though, so I guess it'll be a big shift if I do decide to change into it. But Not quite. You know, they, they say in Brazilian jiu-jitsu that it's not about strength, right? I've actually never heard that before. They've told us that, like the Gracie's like say it's about technique. It's about technique, but it is about strength. So being strong in that sport does help because- um, Sure, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to a BJJ tournament though, but there's a lot of wrestlers in there and- That doesn't it, surprise me at all. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, you do gotta lift, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. But hey, thanks again for coming by and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing how you continue to grow and- uh, Go ahead and actually give us, uh, if anybody wanted to connect with you over social media, like how could they get a hold of you? They could probably reach me on my Instagram uh, handle z.hutton and um, uh, just that's the one that's currently right there. I have um, some online entertainment projects that I'm working on solo trying to make grassroots things. Um, but I want to make sure that the audience that follows them is very authentic and actual hard earned. So it's not anything personal, but I do like to keep those kinds of things separate. Um, just because I want to make sure that I'm growing an authentic audience. And then once it um, reaches that kind of point, I do want to um, start inviting people that I know personally to uh, take part in it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. And I'll, I'll post that in the description for the episode. But uh, I believe that wraps up the, uh, the episode today. Hey, thanks again, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Have a great one. Thanks.